Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, people, Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, thanks for all your loads and loads and loads of feedback for uh, the Metallica episode. You guys seem to be really digging it. Uh, glad you're enjoying it, guys. We had an absolute blast recording that one, particularly after some of the shit we've had to listen to this year. Um, yeah, thanks for getting in contact. I mean, one person that wasn't enjoying it so much was uh, John in Leeds on Twitter, who uh, basically constantly loads the albums on show but loves the actual show. So big up to you for enjoying the show anyway. Apart from the man track he said these tunes out there have been lifted from south park what am i missing mate there is nothing i can tell you my friend if those tunes aren't doing it for you then they are not doing it for you but uh cheers for listening anyway mate getting in contact uh it's appreciated whether you like the records or not let us know get back in contact man let us know what kind of thing you do like um yeah we've had loads and loads of uh these top 10 lists coming through for the guns and roses episode uh they're not going to be coming out until next week so you still got uh you still got a minute to get any uh top 10 lists through if you're not on following us on twitter what we're asking is people to take the two usual illusion albums and condense them down into one 10 track album it's a lot fucking harder than it sounds we've had loads of feedback though from people uh quite a few of them get read out on the episode itself you've got time to uh get in contact though i might read a couple out on the intro next week uh what's been going on uh been gigging loads finally starting to uh, turn over some new material for this new show supported the wonderful sean mclaughlin at a carolina brunswick last week gigged with our good friend alex petrovich as well really lovely gig all round uh had another fantastic on the edge comedy the other day pretty much sold out there uh really really great acts all round julie jepson absolutely killed it as our headliner uh, another one of those taking place next friday which is god what day is that is that the 15th yeah 15th we have got the absolutely fantastic barry ferns headline and he's a real treat so come down and see us if you can uh first and third fridays every month at the carolina brunswick guys what else can we say i'm rage against the machine got back together this week uh, another big 90s band back together uh so yeah we were asking people on the twitter again uh, who they wanted to see back together uh, good friend Mike Collins uh, let us know he's uh, looking quite towards uh, Fugazi looking towards REM as well uh, obviously not strictly 90s bands but bands that had a lot of output in the 90s fantastic comedian William Stone saying at the drive-in really wanted to see them was a bit late to the party with them missing when they were gone uh, Phil Guthrie thank you ever so much Halen Pace he's uh, said he reckons as a follow-up to the stonk is overdue uh, and uh, number one rerun podcast MN8 MN8 they've got a little something for us one of the only sensible answers of course here from Martin Young cheers Martin as always mate uh, Elastica uh, and our friend Clark he's kind of agreeing with that so anyway guys without much further ado I think we're going to crack on with this podcast this is quite a long intro for me this week uh, guys I hope you enjoy the podcast take care and I'll speak to you soon bye
Yes, yes, people, Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate. And listen, as always, I am joined by Mr. Krista Greer. Hello, everybody. And Mr. Waffles T-Dog. All right, Waffles. Yeah, he's, he's saying nothing. He's just yeah. sat under Krista's feet, as he always is. He enjoys it. Chilling. Yeah, man. So this week we are here to talk about Dire Straits. Yeah. Yeah, Dire Straits uh, had an album in 1991 called... On Every Street. On Every Street, which is ironic, seriously. Their last album literally was On Every Street. The one before <laughs> this. This is following up one of the biggest albums of all time. Of all time, yes, exactly. And think, I didn't even realise this about Dire Straits, because this album that we're talking about is their sixth album. Yeah. I just kind of assumed they had probably 20 albums in the back catalogue. Mm. I wasn't aware that they only had, oh, well, up until Brothers in Arms, which yeah. is the big one in 1985, that was their fifth. Do you know what, man? I, apart from that album, I'm kind of blissfully unaware of Dire Straits Yeah, but I assumed there were loads of other ones that, yeah, you, I mean, that just I, never made it I, I think if you I, I think if you'd have told me either, either one of those things, I'd have probably believed you. I see. But yeah, I mean, obviously mm. this one is the, you know, in, in real terms, it's the difficult second album, isn't it? True. Even though True. it's a sixth, because, you know, you've got to follow up. And, I mean, whether you've got an opinion on Dire Straits or not, you kind of have to have an opinion on that record in a way, uh, don't you? Uh, yeah, well, especially if you're our age. Yes, You know, indeed. because in 1985, it was the biggest thing in, in the world. It was the biggest uh, album that was going on across the land. Yeah, I mean, it kind of, a bit of, uh, I guess, synchronistic timing because they came out with that record, uh, they had Live Aid off the back of it, and then they had... They had that fucking video as well. The Money for Nothing video, which was all over the place and as that, well. Yeah, that, that was like kind of very much the zeitgeist video of MTV. It's almost mm. one of the defining MTV videos. If you ever see a montage of... Videos that changed the world. Yeah, sort of that's yeah. going to be right up there. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and no it, matter how pony it is, because it's shockingly I mean, bad mate, right it's, now. It's basically like, if I ever see that video now, I'm trying to solve it because it looks like one of the <laughs> clues on fucking catchphrase. It is. It's and so it's, primitive. I'm, I'm looking at them yo-yos. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, I never owned that album, I've got to say. No, I never did. And I don't think it was in my house. I don't think my mum or stepdad had either. But I have friends who had it. Uh, well, that, well, in '85, their dad had it. Basically. I mean, that's—I tell you—that's where I heard this album the most. Would yeah. be being ferried as a kind of eleven, twelve-year-old kid from one mate's house to another by a friend's father. And it was in, in the their car. car. Yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? That's what it was. It was. It was. It was definitely an album that dads liked. Uh, absolutely. But then you also think that it had, you know, had a good few singles off it. So we were very uh, sort of bombarded by Money for Nothing yeah. and Walk of Life yeah, I mean, I, twisted uh, by the pool. Yeah, and I and I you know, I love I love uh, Money for Nothing. I love Oh it's, it is a great song. Yeah, I, and I, it is, I love is Walk it, of Life. I love those tracks, right? Right sure. Yeah no they're they're good solid fucking tracks. But I have never ever been interested in investigating any more of Dire Straits work. No, no, I would be the same. I'm happy with hearing the hits. I couldn't tell you another single off of any one of those other four preceding records. Romeo and Juliet. Couldn't tell you what it was. Really? Yeah. Oh, you'd know it if you heard it. Oh, would I? Yeah. Um, Private Investigations, you'd know that. I mean, I've had a couple. <laughs> but you would, you'd you'd hear those and you'd go, oh, of course. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, literally the only times anyone has investigated my privates recently is if the dog's <laughs> sniffing my balls if I haven't had a bath for a couple of days. <laughs> he, are... he, he regrets that. Afterwards. Oh, I'm quite sure. And he yeah. shit. Yeah. Anyway. Um... All right. Well, so uh, this, I'm assuming... You'd never heard this album before. No. Had you heard? Oh, well, when you're going through it, did any of the songs you go, oh, I do remember that as a single or anything like that? Do you know what, man? First track, Calling Elvis, I've got a vague, a vague recollection, vague of, recollection of, but that is it. 
Okay, like you say, it was the sixth album. It mm-hmm. was officially the follow-up to Brothers in Arms, even though it was six years after that, yeah. and it was after the band kind of broke up. Sure. Because they, they broke up in about 88, and then got back together with a slightly different lineup. Mm-hmm. only two of the original members still, and recorded this for a 1991 release. So it's a slightly different band, it's six years on from where they were, yeah. and the one of the, the themes of this album that we'll see is that the massive touring and the huge promotional shit that had to go along with the Brothers in Arms campaign yeah. got to Mark Knopfler, sure. and that's one of the reasons why he stopped Dire Straits, mm-hmm. and it's one of the things that we see him writing about in this album from time to time, about the kind of the weirdness that you have to do alongside just playing music. Yeah, to, to to get yourself out. Absolutely, man. So it's it's a which is weird, really, isn't it? Because it's not just money for nothing and chicks for free. Apparently not. Weirdly cognizant, precognizant. Mm. But yeah, all right. We've talked a little bit about this before, but this obviously this record's coming out at a time in my life. Just uh-huh. to give some context of that, where you know I'm still listening to a lot of pop music, but I'm also listening to a lot of kind of edgier stuff. I'm discovered, you know, discovered yeah. NWA by this point. Yeah, sure. Listen to a lot of Guns N' Roses at this point, you know, listening to just trying to find that kind of outlaw music that I would later gravitate towards. Now I think mm-hmm. this, you know, something like Dire Straits falls directly in the middle of that. It's neither poppy enough to be pop mm-hmm. and it's not edgy enough to be like on my radar if this is this new and exciting stuff that I'm discovering. No, it totally fair. And you know it very much felt at the time like something for dads. Exactly. It was, I mean, it obviously wasn't targeted at us as 16 year olds, mm-hmm. but I wasn't even thinking, I wasn't even flirting with the idea of maybe giving it a listen. It was alien to me entirely. You wouldn't have joined the Britannia Music Club to get this. No, I really would not. Exactly. No. And in the same way as, you know, whenever we talked about Seal a few mm-hmm. weeks back, uh, it, that was a bit of a grown-up album that we we ended up finding out, but it had a pop moment that I remember. Yeah. Uh, so this didn't have that. It didn't have that single. I mean, dude, we remember Alita Adams. Yeah, true enough. Yeah. 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 True. No matter how hard we try. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, this didn't have the big hits, the the, the chart-friendly hits. It wasn't on Radio One. Still sold a fucking ton of records, though. It did, and that's bizarre to me because uh, you think right, Brothers for, Brothers in Arms mm-hmm. sold thirty million copies worldwide. Yeah. One of the biggest selling albums mm-hmm. of all time. Yeah. This uh, on release, it didn't sell as much, and it wasn't as well received critically. Mm-hmm. But it still went on to sell fifteen million copies. Yeah. Which is really strange to me. Bizarrely, it sold a million of those in France. Wow! It did. It did. Re- I know. It was. It was. A, France was the second biggest territory for this record. I think. But Actually, possibly UK was second biggest, but it was. Certain- but it was after that. Yeah. Very possible. Um, who knows why? There, there are uh, there are six singles off this album if you count every single territory. Yeah. Because one of the singles was only released in France and Germany. Mm-hmm. So presumably they saw what was going on. They went right. Fucking keep this campaign going. Chuck this one out for France. I mean, fair play. I mean, that's 50... I mean, it's only 12 tracks on this record. Mm-hmm. And to get six... I mean, we'll, we'll six talk... singles. We'll talk about this record and we'll see whether we could have chosen six singles out of Well, it. indeed, yeah. But just in terms of the time period we're talking about here, uh, this was only number one for one week in the UK. Okay. But we do have a time period, whenever we're talking about other stuff along the way, this came after uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat album was number one. And it also came after Paul Young's singles collection was number one. Nice. Neither of which we're covering, obviously. We're not talking about Paul Young. Mate, you, let's do that off air. That's a more important conversation to have off air. Mate, 
Paul Luton Boy Paul Young. Luton Boy Young. We, we don't have much to be proud of. He's <laughs> no, no. fucking proud of, Luton, of, of Paul, Paul Young. Young. Well, he well, had a number one uh, compilation album. Right. right. So it has just been at uh, number one, I think, for a couple of weeks. So we actually have a four week period okay. uh, that we're going to be looking at later on. But this was number one, Dire Straits was number one from the 15th to the 21st of September mm-hmm. 1991. So we are really quite far. Through the, the year at this point. the back end of the year We really point. are, yeah. Absolutely. Right, so shall we start, as we always do, by looking at the album cover? Absolutely, yes. Uh, but we don't have a copy of this one because it's not turned up in any charity shops that I've been to. No. So I don't have one. People hanging on to it. Obviously, yeah. Collector's item. That's what it is, mate, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the album cover, I, it took me a minute to work out what the fuck it yeah, was. Yeah, me too. I yeah. had to like, really fucking zoom into the image from uh, Wikipedia. Right, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, it, it looks like just sort of uh, a sort of blue with some neony lines yeah. on it, uh, but you're not quite sure what those things are. Yeah, well, it's, it's a heat-treated image, isn't it? Is heat, it yeah, is. That's, that's the way to describe it's, it. It's like basically, so it's, it's taken like from underneath some kind of uh, like see-through floor, isn't it? Because you can see feet. Oh, I've not. That's not what I've got from it. You no, know, it's feet. It's, yeah, it's feet, and then and he's playing a guitar. Yeah, I've got that. It's a bloke sitting down with his feet up on a desk. Oh, it could be that. So I it's, guess it's like very relaxed playing. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe it, it could be that because it is. It's feet in the foot. It's the soles of of shoes in the foreground. Yeah. And then a guitarist, a guitar and a hand sort of right, behind okay. that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah no, it looked to me like it was just laying back, feet up. I mean, basically what it looked like to me is that Mark Knobfler was being targeted by the Predator. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which is something, after hearing this record, I'd be in favour of. <laughs> uh, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't uh, shed a tear too much yeah, if, no. if, if it got, got done. Funnily enough, I tell you the album cover... Apart from the colour choice mm. that, that it's closest to, okay. in a weird way, is Pretty Hate Machine by Nine Inch Nails. Oh, right. Because that's got the kind of the uh, the heat-treated uh-huh. kind of weird that, that light effect. blue, that pink. Yeah, there's also a little bit of it in uh, uh, Meantime by Helmet, I guess. Okay. Yeah, not, a little bit. Not quite. No, but I see, I see the Nine Inch Nails more than that, for sure. Yeah, but <laughs> um, uh, yeah, both of which are much better album covers. Mate, you don't know, Mark Knopfler may have been listening to a lot of Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. And he saw that and went, that's maybe, a wicked maybe. image. I'm going and to for the record, that. For the record, I don't think the album cover to Pretty Hate Machine is a classic cover either. Right. But it's that argument of when an album becomes a classic, it becomes a classic cover. Because of what's inside. Yeah, and it's the choice of colours. Uh-huh. So that weird kind of bright neon pink and the blue with uh, with Pretty Hate Machine. Sure, I think yeah. that's the interesting thing. So yeah, I, I don't think this is a great album cover. Not at all. Not at all. And things, I was looking at some of their other album covers yeah. and... Even Brothers in Arms, I think, is a bit of a wanky album cover. It, again, it's very iconic. Exactly. It's recognisable because it sold 30 million copies. Mm-hmm. But if you saw that as just an image, you'd be like, whatever, it's, it's a guitar in the sky. See, the weird thing is, the, the, the shininess of that guitar, uh-huh. I remember being really drawn to that as a kid. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, that's, an, that's a weird thing. That album was one of those albums that I would have joined... The uh, Britannic. Oh, like, I see. As a kid, I'd it'd been well, some... ten. Yeah, there yeah. was something about that album cover that really made me go, "Oh, I want to know what that's about." I, I don't see. know what I don't know what it is, but I can I can I can remember that quite viscerally. Oh, that's bizarre. Uh, so I, th- I I think that Brothers in Arms is a really interesting album cover. The other thing, like, the only other thing I want to uh, uh, mention on this, yes. is this is two in a row for us number one albums on Vertigo. Oh, it is as well. Yeah, Metallica and then this. Yeah, right. So there's yeah. there's a. Uh... Two sides of a coin. Exactly. They're in a good run, though, aren't they? Vertigo. <laughs> Very good. They must have thought they were in their prime period. Yeah, these I, mean, two. I mean, I would imagine they were. <laughs> mm, yeah, true. Bizarre meetings going on in Vertigo offices going, well, we've just uh, got Metallica out there. It's done really well. What's our next big push? Yeah. 
well, there is this uh, very slow Dire Straits album we've yeah. got. Oh, stick it on, mate. I wonder, yeah. I wonder if uh, I wonder if there was ever a conversation when they tried to get Metal to go out with uh, oh with Dire Straits, Dire Straits, or collaborate as a support act, as would have had to happen <laughs> yeah. at that point. At that point, yeah, uh, yeah, God. Yeah. Be. Anyway, right, shall we crack on with this? Uh, yeah, record? let's get into it. Number one is called "Calling Elvis." Uh, yes, indeed, and this was the first single. Uh, this was released in August of 1991, and it got to number 21 in the charts. Mm-hmm. So, not not a massive hit, safe to say. Well, I mean, it sounds like Dire Straits. Um, this doesn't sound like the Dire Straits I picture. I mean, uh, it, it sounds like some of their their. I guess it was like, this sounds like a lot more country Dire Straits to me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's kind of got that kind of country blues, but it's still got that stadium rock. It's still got the kind of the big drums in the production. Yeah, I, can, yeah, I think so. He's got his husky voice. Yeah, the voice, I mean, it's, it's, you can't get away, the, the voice is very overridingly yeah. Dire Straits because that's one of their big motifs. We've got the slide guitar happening, yeah. a lot of that, and then, which adds to the countrified feel. Yeah. Obviously, the, the lyrics are, you know... The, the chorus is basically a collection of Elvis song titles. Yes, indeed. Repurposed. Yeah. Sure. For yeah. reasons That's that remain unclear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, man, this, you know, on first listen or so, this is fine. Right. It's no money for nothing as an opener, is it? it no, it's nothing like uh, a big song. It's very gentle. It's very underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you would imagine that the first comeback single of a 30 million selling just on anticipation is going to do well but this mm. is this is mid chart and that is a poor disappointing performance for that single you I would, would imagine agree. I would absolutely agree um but again I suppose at the time this doesn't fit into radio play this is not uh, going to sit amongst even Alita Adams and Seal and whatever sure. else and whenever we go through the top 10s every week you're seeing the kind of the new rave stuff coming well, through that's and right, that blah blah, blah. That's right. You're not seeing this sort of thing. Well, you know, and you know, I guess at that point as well, you know, the 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 adult market was an albums market, and the yeah. the youth market was a singles market. Yeah, true enough. But so. I would say even whenever we did Chris Rea, because I think the the closest thing we've looked at so far to this in style is that Chris Rea album, without a doubt. And I, mm-hmm. I must admit that you know, having enjoyed the Chris Rea album more than I thought I would, yeah, absolutely. I went into this one knowing that I didn't mind some Dire Straits songs. Right. Thinking, well, maybe maybe this is going to be a similar might, might kind of... A, yeah. Another Road to Damascus on Dire Straits. Yeah, or okay. Road to Hell. Oh, yes, quite. Yeah, there we go. But no, I mean, the thing, the thing is, right, up until three minutes into this song, uh-huh. I'm like, it's fine, right? Yeah. And then it, it kind of starts ending, but it's it also starts refusing to end. Sure, yeah. Right. Uh, one thing we're probably going to say quite often in this yeah. is that the songs are very, very long in general. Oh, mate. This is six and a half minutes. Yeah, this is six and a half minutes, and the song is over solidly at three and a half minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Right. Um, the vocals stop at three minutes. Yeah. And so you've got another three minutes of noodling. Yeah. Oh, I, I've, I, I've got a note here that says this song noodles itself to death. Right, it really does. And it really does. It, yeah, it, it really, really does. You know, three minutes, that's enough time to make actual noodles. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe you could use this as a timer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. Stick this on. Once he stops singing, boil the kettle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe this is less of a song and just more of an egg method. Yeah. <laughs> right, you, if, you, if you want your egg hard boiled, put on track one. Right. Oh, want... yes. <laughs> I like this idea. It's, it's much but, better than. Uh, I mean, it's fucking any fact, other it use. finds a practical use for it, uh, yeah. if nothing else. And so the yeah. thing is, it's also, like you say, the lyrics are. Uh, there's a lot of Elvis song titles yeah. going through the quotes. But it's the same thing over and over. So it's not mm-hmm. like he's done something clever and then he's done a lot of different Elvis ones for verse two or the next chorus. It's the same thing over and over and over. And, over. and I don't get what he's getting at either. either. I don't know why he's done it. Is he a fan of Elvis? Is he equating himself to Elvis? I read that one of the things, one of the possible explanations for why he did this was that his brother had been trying to call him and he wasn't available. And when his brother finally got hold of him, mm-hmm. he said, oh, you're harder to get hold of than Elvis. And that sparked off this idea, but that I mean, is you're not. Ru- you're running low on ideas. Yeah, at that fuck point. me, absolutely. That that does not equate to a song in my head. Mate, I wouldn't even. I mean, I don't remember much funnier things that I say than that. Right, exactly. It's a very strange one because I'm very funny. Very funny. Uh, yes, yes, indeed, you very, are very, very funny. funny. Very funny. Um, all right, fuck this. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that one. I'm... No, it, it's it's a bit too kind of Americana, the country th- down that road for me. Yeah, I don't like that sort of thing in general, and I. I'm not interested in Dire Straits doing their version of that. But whereas we say that, but like, you know, when uh, REM started doing a bit of it, we were all right with it. Ah, true. Okay. Yeah. You know, you're a you're a Loud and Wainwright fan. Sure, but I wouldn't say he's necessarily this sort of. Is, no, but, is it, you know, maybe at times. Yeah. So, you okay, know. maybe it's just this song then. And it's this song shit, mate. Yeah. That's, it's not even shit. That's the thing about this song. It's not even shit. It's just very anonymous. Very anonymous. Very boring. Very boring. Very yeah. Six very, and a half minutes very, long. Very, and very boring. boring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah it does... Unforgivably long. Yeah. I mean, um, that is one of our things that we like to throw at things a lot. Oh, well, if it's a bad song, then don't do it for six minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it's a bad song and you have to fill an album, okay, but stop it at three and a half. And you don't have to fill an album. You die straight, you can do whatever you want. Well, true. And to be honest, that, I think, is exactly what's happened with this album. He's got the band back together. Yeah. He's been told, yeah, of course, we'll release a new Dire Straits album. Amazing. Your last one sold it. Yeah, just just go away and do whatever you want. Come back to us. And he has done exactly what he wanted. I sure. think he loves this sort of thing. He loves just noodling for three minutes on a guitar because he's a guitarist's guitarist. Yeah. And... He came back to the record company and went, there you go, there's your album. They were like, bollocks. Yeah. This isn't what we were after. But he's gone, you, this is exactly what I'm putting out. Do it. And the record company's like, ah, now we're in dire straits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, anyway, track number two is called... Uh, on Every Treat. So ah, this is the title, title track. track. Title track. Oh, oh, nice title track. Uh-huh. And this was the third single. Uh, here we find ourselves in our old tr- old trope of man speaks huskily and profoundly over a piano. Mm. <laughs> like a Bob Dylan for the Top Gun generation I've written here. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I said this was the third single. Um, it wasn't released until February of 1992. Yeah. And there wasn't, they didn't even bother making a video for this. So no. I suspect by this point they were kind of aware that they didn't they weren't going to be selling singles no man I mean I've got you know I've written this is excruciatingly dull yeah right yeah for me and I'm going to go off on what is quite a detailed and 
unprompted analogy here. But the, oh, excellent. I'm going to get my drink. What this song reminds me of, right, yes. is imagine you're watching a Disney film or some kind of cartoon. Right. Right. There's two cats and they've been mates, right, and they've been going through an adventure together. But then there's been some kind of schism. They've fallen out with each other, uh-huh. right? And there's a montage playing where one of the cats sees the other cat going about his business, right? Uh-huh. And he's rueful of the relationship they once had, and he's watching it, and he's sad, right? Uh-huh. This is the music that would be playing while that happened. Oh, I see. Okay. I like the image that you are painting for me. That's that's what it, that's what would happen. It's this kind of sad kind of, oh, do-do-do-do-do. Right. It's very sad of my cats. We used to be buddies, but now we are not. I see. Yeah. I see. Oh, okay. I'm with you so far. That's fine. Yeah. So you know, it, it's dull. It goes. It goes three minutes in Disney format. I yes. think. Yeah. Then Lot, pick- lots of steel guitar as well in that three-minute build-up. Yeah. And then it gets to three minutes and it picks up a bit. It mm-hmm. drops into a much brighter but still incredibly boring blues plod, I would call it. Yeah. And then it just fucking peters out into just another tedious outro. And very much. Yeah. I yeah, mean, very it, much. It really, I mean, it the, wanders off into nothing. I mean, what's, how long was this one? About five minutes? This is five minutes, yeah. And again, it's another one where... All the lyrics are over by three minutes. Yes, indeed. Uh, it's only got a 90-second, what what might be called a payoff, after a very long intro. Yeah. But that payoff is not worth the, oh, no. the, the intro that it tries to, to no. make us think it might be. It does get a bit more go- going, like you say, in that last bit, but it's not special enough. No. Uh, there's not a big, you know, soaring guitar solo or not a massive hook that starts in and... You go like, oh, fucking okay. It's not like in that Queen somewhere. album where all of a sudden that guitar comes out of fucking <laughs> no, the, nowhere. The Spanish guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Still don't like that Spanish guitar. And also, I don't understand what this song is about. You know, from reading through the lyrics, and it's sort of like, I'm looking for your face on every street. I'm looking for the signs that you were here. I was like, is it about an old flame? Mate, it's about two cats. Oh, two cats. <laughs> yeah, true. I must admit, yeah. They used to be that mates, makes much more sense. No. <laughs> and I couldn't get that out of my head. <laughs> Whatever the words say. It's all about Thematically, cats. it's about two cats. Right. What you can know is by a different track that's not on this record, they'll be mates again, don't worry. Oh, sure, there'll be a finale where they're singing together and, you know, running down the street. <laughs> Enough of this shit. Yeah, track three. Okay, uh, track three was When It Comes To You. Ooh. Okay. So slide, slide guitar. We're yep. at kind of blues bar standards. Yeah, it is. It's very just uh, middle of the road blues. Yeah. I mean, it's jaunty enough, isn't it? But I wouldn't say jaunty. jaunty. It's jauntier than the first two. Yeah. But uh, this is not jaunty. It that skips along, though, doesn't it? About a bad right. relationship. Skips. There's no skipping here. This is strolling along. Oh, I don't know. I think this has got a bit of a, it's got a bit of a pep in its step. I think you may have listened to this at two speed on YouTube or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I was trying to get through it quickly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, sorry, you were saying about the man and a ship relationship. Yeah, so, I mean, look, right. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's about a toxic relationship. Uh-huh. Isn't it? It's about a man that's fed up of getting shit all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I mean, the, as with everything on this record, you know, the, the playing is decent enough. Oh, God, no, the... You can't fault musicianship with Dark Straits. You're never going to be able to go, oh, well, they just can't do what he's trying to do. Because they fucking can. Of course they can, right? But again, this doesn't set my world on fire. I like it better than both the first two tracks. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, But again, an absolutely slow, torturous bleed out towards the end of this song. Total wallpaper, this song. This, This song, right... 
has got a 30 second fade out. 30 seconds. No, no really. song needs a 30 second fade out. Not at all. Napalm Death can do an album in that yeah. time. <laughs> I can have sex twice. Yeah, 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 me too, man. And I can have a not kiss the same in the middle. Day, yeah. yeah. Not with the same person. <laughs> not with the same dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remembered a, a joke the other day that oh, made God. me laugh. Shit. Did you know that um, apparently male hamsters die after having sex? Right. Or at least the one I was fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that. Oh, no, I'd heard it ages ago, and I just remembered it. Uh, off for it's something. fucking good. Yeah, it's all right, that. <laughs> Leave that one in. <laughs> Done. <laughs> ah, fuck. Okay, but yeah, it's another five-minute song. This one, no reason for it. Um, and just you've reminded me though. You said about the musicianship and how yeah. good the, you know that is. We are seeing you know from the Share album that we did a couple of weeks ago. Jeff Procaro from Toto is drumming on this album. Oh, nice. There's only two tracks he doesn't drum on, apparently. Oh, did you see we got a correction, by the way? Oh, I did, yes. yes yeah. yeah. Sh- shout out to Rafa Davis. Yeah. All right, Matt, thank you. I was you. pronouncing you... Steve... Oh, I'm going to say it wrong again now. Luthacher's name yeah. wrong, because I was saying Luthacher. Luthacher, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was Luthacher. Yeah, Luthacher, 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 let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> yeah, so, so well-noticed well, uh, and well-corrected. You get you get 10 points and you get to sit in Pedant's Corner for the week. You get fucking, you know, that copy of the album on CD if you send me your address. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll send you some, sit, yeah. some shit. We'll, say, we'll, li- we'll literally, we'll send you some, some shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking teacher. Yeah. Right, um, uh, okay. Yeah, nothing more to say about that. <sighs> okay, I'm with you that it's preferable to the first two, mm-hmm. but... No interest at all no. in this, yeah. But you know, you never know, man. We, we know what we have to do in this podcast, so like, uh, you know, okay. So, sometimes better than better than worst is useful for our purposes. <laughs> True. Right. So track number four is called Fate to Black. Uh huh. It is unfortunately not on Metallica cover. Yeah. This this could have been the one they collaborated it on. It could have been, couldn't it? Damn it could have been. It could have been the uh, some mashup. It could have been the uh, the Lou Reed album in years and <laughs> years. I mean, fuck. Mark Knopfler featuring Metallica. Yeah. I mean, fucking hell, don't it might still happen. <laughs> Lulu. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, yeah, Fade to Black. Oh, by the way, if you are listening to this podcast and you're a fan of the album Lulu, feel free to not tell us about it <laughs> and don't give a fuck. So we've got some very stereotypical smoky barroom blues thing going on. Yeah, I'm starting to get the impression this might be another super slow ponderous blues missive. Did you think so? Hmm. Starting to, yeah. So he's lamenting an old relationship. Yeah. He's wondering where they were tonight. Um, But it's also, there's part of him going, oh, well, I'm glad that, you know, I'm out of that because you were bad for me. And it was, you know, I got the rough end. But he's also still writing a song about it. He's also wanking over a Polaroid. Yeah, indeed. Glad we took these first. Look, man, my favourite bit on this, right? I mean, I've got no, I've very little to say about this song at all, right? Uh-huh. But there is a lyric on here where he's like, um, he like regrets getting tattooed. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Now, he says that as a, an aside, and I think what you're supposed to think is that obviously that it's like her name or something like that. Uh-huh. Right? I reckon it's not that. I reckon he's had a uh, Tasmanian devil holding a Union Jack flag. That's what I reckon <laughs> That's just what comes to your mind when you think of Mark Knopfler getting a tattoo. Mate, that's just what ev- that's the tattoo that everyone got in 1991 and immediately regretted. There, was, there were a lot of there were a lot of Tasmanian devils in 1991. Is that right? Okay. Man, yeah. Well, 
are generally holding Gosh. a Union Jack flag or something along those lines. Right. Oh, so it was up the, the like the tribal tattoo of '91. Yeah, pretty much. Man. I reckon. He, I reckon he was. Uh, I reckon he was. He were pissed off on a knee out on the tune. Well, quite. Yeah. Jordy Knopfler. Can't do the voice. <laughs> um, probably with Sting. Oh well, obviously. Yeah, on his dad's boat. And Jimmy Nail. On his dad's dad's boat. <laughs> dad's dead. Dodd's dad's. Ken's dad's. Ken's dog's dad's. Dodd's dead boat. Um. And yeah, that's what I reckon. I on, reckon on Nuki Brian, what, 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 what tattoo do you reckon it was? I was going to say it was one of those uh, aliens that says, take me to your dealer. Take me to your dealer. <laughs> I had a fucking alien tattoo. Fuck off. <laughs> there you go. You see, and you don't want it anymore. I haven't got it anymore. Oh, you got, is it gone? Uh, of course it is. It's been covered for years. Right. Well, you see me naked loads of times. Oh, God. That's horrifyingly true. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to see it again now? No, absolutely not. Yeah, <laughs> In fact, put that fucking battle vest back on. Yeah, mate, last do you, mate, do you reckon you could get out of this room before I got naked? <laughs> I could throw the dog at you. I've <laughs> been fed in three yeah. days. Uh, um, now, this one, there's kind of a bit of a Hammond organ going through. It's jazz brush drums. It's all very laid back. Yeah. It's total jazz club nonsense. Yeah. But fuck me, it's dull. Oh, it is dull, mate. It's, dull, fu- dull, it's, dull. Like, it's like Pharaoh and... Ball dull. Yes. Yeah. Only good thing is it's only three minutes forty nine. Even in that, yeah, you still get fifty seconds at the end of. I mean, I've written quite nice mm. blues wankery. Okay. Oh, so you're damning with very well. You're damning with criticism. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's critical praise. But yeah, so it's a shame. I, I wonder because, as you can probably tell from listening to us talk about this album, neither of us are aficionados or fans to any degree, really, of, you know, this sort of blues. Yeah. It's not like a John Lee Hooker blues. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not It's not even like uh, Clapton blues, where there's a bit more balls to mm-hmm. it. This is jazz blues or whatever, and I'm not into it. I wonder if you are, if you're a fan of this sort of genre. Maybe this is one of the greatest, greatest albums in its fucking type. I don't know. But Let's take a break. Let's, let's talk about some records. For sure. Let's talk about albums. what albums are going on uh, this week. Top 10 albums. This is what we've got. And uh, what this week, the week of the albums I'm doing is the week of the 15th to 21st. The week of the albums. Uh, 15th to 21st of September, which is the week that Dark Strikes was number one. Uh Uh, It was after the the rest of it. But this is the one we're looking at. Uh, Number 10 is the Specials Singles Collection. So best of of that coming out. Number 9, Seal Seal, which Mm -hmm. we did. Number 8, Colour Me Bad which we saw before. Yeah. Number seven, Share Love Hurts, which we did. Uh-huh. Number six, REMs, Out of Time, which we did. That's gone back up, so I'm assuming there yeah. must be a single that's just been out. It's probably showing happy people's Probably is. Number five, Van Morrison, Hymns to the Silence. Yeah. Not a fucking clue. Not a notion on that nah. one. Uh, number four, Joseph's and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Who gives a fuck? No, Jason Donovan doing that one. Number three, oh, actually, is John Lee Hooker's Mr. Lucky. So there is okay. some blues going on. There we go. Yeah. Um, I do remember... That they re-released Manish Boy, maybe, on 7-inch. I bet you it was a Levi's ad. I bet you it was a Levi's ad, and then it was a top 10 hit in a single. Oh, sorry, Manish Boy. I thought that was I thought that was something kind of bangerized. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and then number two is Paul Young's Singles Collection, which had just been number one. So, yeah. whatever, top ten is... Well, what was the singles collection called? Was it just called the singles collection? Yes, yeah, singles collection. I wasn't called something like Wherever I Lay My Hat. No, or Young Guns. Or anything like that. that song should have just been called Luton. Wherever I Lay My Hat. Luton. Luton, that's my home. 
All right, see ya. <laughs> well, uh, Uton. Wherever I lay my hatters. Aye. Yeah. You, bet, you bet that hat that you lay down, straw hat. Uh, absolutely. Man alive. Right, but, okay, but in the four-week period that we have from our last sort of touch point, yeah. there's actually a lot of shit coming out. So, with, a lot the, of shit. Lot good of, shit. Good shit, mate. Oh, from the 25th of August to the 21st of September, this is yeah. what we're looking at for album releases. Mud Honey's Every Good Boy Deserves Fudge. Nice. Uh, got to number 34. Good album. It, it, that's kind of, for me, part of classic Mud Honey territory. Yeah. After that, they started going a little bit. It dropped off from a bit for me, but that's still some great songs on there. It's well worth checking out. Um, one I have never heard and never will, Osric Tentacles released Strangitude. Oh, mate. I, I mean, I, I know that the Osrics have got their fans. Oh, God. I mean, they were big in People like, love the Osrics. Early 90s, right? yeah. They're still knocking about, aren't they? Oh, well, I Probably. I imagine so. But, uh, but I, that is, it's a step too far for me, the Osrics. Well, indeed. I, I, can't, I can't dip my toe into that hallucinogenic pool. No, well, it's like, okay, well, if the Levellers took more drugs and started playing Electro. Yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah. Not Electro, but, yeah. Uh, Blur... A Leisure got to number seven, which I like. You won't. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But that's when this was out, end of 91. PM Dawns of the Heart, the Soul of the Cross got to number eight in this time yeah, period. A couple, was, of big, a, a couple of big singles. That's it. Big, and it did, uh, did well for them. Rush released an album called Roll the Bones, which okay. got to number 10. Mm-hmm. I have obviously no idea about that I, album. I, you know, I've, I've never, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a massive Geddy Lee fan, so I've never dug too deeply nah. into Rush. No. No, it's, they're not for me. I know Tom Sawyer uh, because I heard it on a like a DJ mix. Someone mixed it into DJ mix. Put it out. <laughs> yeah, <didn't> quite. Mix. <laughs> I just want a DJ, DJ mix. mix. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an influence on me growing up. <laughs> That's what we used to call you. Yeah, quite. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I heard that on a, a DJ mix thing, mixed in with some hip hop stuff. And I thought, oh, I like, I like that. Mixed like, in with some hip-hop stuff. Yeah, no, it was a Z-Trip. Z-trip oh, right, used right, 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 it. Right. So he was doing a load of stuff like that. And it worked really well because it was a big riff. And then, obviously, I knew YYZ from Guitar Hero. Yeah. And those were the only two Rush songs I knew. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I didn't give a shit about Rush. It peaked at number 10, so obviously they've still got big yeah, fans I mean, at this know. point. Yeah. Uh, Tin Machine released Tin Machine 2. which got God, I forgot they did a second one. I know. I was totally unaware of what was going on with that. It was... Just out of my radar. Yeah, not for me. No. Uh, Carter, Unstoppable Sex Machine, released 101 Damnations, mm-hmm. uh, which got the number 29. Good album title, to be fair. Oh, they did good puns. Mm-hmm. You know, they they were, well, I think witty's probably the wrong thing to do, but they were quite a nod and a wink, that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, Mr. Bungle's self-titled album got to number 57. It's a fucking brilliant... I'm surprised it did that much, me to too. be honest with you. Me it's too. a fucking I'm great surprised. record, that first Mr. Bungle album. Uh yeah, Squ- squeezing macaroni, girls are porn. Right? Did you know it at the time? No, I didn't get into. Uh, I went to until uh, sixth form, and someone I knew that had it basically. Right? Okay. So I, I wasn't aware of it. Didn't hadn't heard of it, and then I mean, I should have been aware of it because you were a Satan and more fan at this point. Yeah, because obviously uh, Mike Patton's wearing the Mr. Bungle T-shirt in the Epic video. Oh, I see. Right, but yeah. it, well, also novels. it's probably fucking impossible to get hold of. Yeah, but I got it. I got a copy of it, and it's like you know, I mean, like you know, it, it's one of those things where the, you know some of the ins on it are some of the really fucking horrible lyrics yeah uh, you know and then it's just gonzo and great and i fucking loved it i right. really do yeah, I mean, I, you know the, a lot of people really love the second mr bungle album i'm more of a fan of the first and the third oh okay that's where, all that's where i'm at mate that's where i'm at all right 
You've got gushing gonads, tingling tushes, hairy balls and hairy bushes. Yes, and then chains, pregnant little ladies with menstrual pains. Lovely. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> thanks. Girls thanks, are thanks por- for that. It's the girls of porn, man. Yeah, you, you'd enjoy that song. I just did. It's about That's- masturbating. <laughs> Two pregnant women having periods. It's about it's about all kind of it's, uh, You never listen to Girls of Porn by Mr. Bungle. No. Uh, see, you, you don't understand. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't. If you say you don't like it, you don't know what you're talking about. No. Everything I've heard that I've that someone's gone. Oh yeah, that's Mr. Bungle. I've gone. Oh, that's why I don't like it. Then it's awful. Well, it's because Niall keeps trying to play you again. Search for Techno Aller and stuff like that. Isn't right. It? Yeah. The really dis- dissonance. That, yeah. That's yeah. And, and, and a lot of it isn't. A lot of it is a lot more straightforward somewhere. And I might make you listen to the whole album at some point. No, you're not. California, man. It's a fucking no, great dude, record. You're making me listen to fucking Dire Straits. You're I'm not, not gonna... making you listen to this. Whose idea was this podcast? Oh, all right, but you're... <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is a fair point. Right. Uh, okay, Mr. Wungle there. Uh, but then also Fugazi, Steady Diet of Nothing. Oh, that's, that's 63. Do you know what, man? Steady Diet of Nothing is um, one of my favourite Fugazi albums. Yeah. I don't I don't know where it's generally held in the pantheon. It's not something I read. I read quite up the top. But yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't you know, people... Top third. Sort of when, when people talk about Fugazi records, you know, you kind of obviously people always talk about 13 songs, which Absolutely. is obviously the first two MPs. People talk about Repeater a uh, lot. Yeah, definitely that um, one. And maybe Margin Walker and stuff like that. But uh, it's really mm. I don't have to hear in a conversation. But I, th- I think it's so fucking good, man. Yeah. Like that song, uh, Reclamation, that's on that's on uh, Steady Diet. I mean, I suspect when we get to our top tens of the year, Ooh, you'll okay. hear some more about this. So I won't blow my load on Fair it now. Fair play, right. But, okay. But in a post-Me Too era, a fucking all-girl punk band needs to needs to cover I mean how can you not cover a song that starts uh, here are our demands we want control of our bodies right right. I mean we need that song nice. someone needs to get out there if you're in an all girl punk band and you're listening to this podcast of 40 year old men yeah. lamenting <laughs> music from the past right <laughs> firstly yeah. what are you doing with yeah, your eyes but secondly please. get out and cover Reclamation by Fugazi done uh, also there's another one uh, this kind of it was a bit strange when I saw it was out because it didn't chart until 1992 in the UK but it was released in 91. Pearl Jam's 10 was out in this period. Was it really? But it didn't chart as an album until the following year over here. Well, okay, I presume this is a... If you'd asked me what year this album was released, I'd have said 92. Oh, I see. I would have said 91, but I would have assumed it charted in 91. Just because I lump it in with Nevermind and Blood Sugar Sex Magic yeah. in, the, in the same year. Mm. But yeah, no, it didn't do anything album-wise till I guess, a I mean, couple I, of singles in. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, maybe it was Jeremy that started shifting units. Maybe so. Because that was fucking massive, that video, wasn't it? The video, yeah, absolutely. I so was alive. Yeah, but not as big as Jeremy. Right. Jeremy was the bigger one. True enough. Right, so yeah, that was out. Naughty by Nature, self-titled, was out. Brilliant record. Uh-huh. My yeah, friend Alan came back from America with that album and uh, gave me it. Oh, lovely. Yeah, nice. He lent me it, actually. I don't think I ever uh, gave it back. I see. But, yeah. One of those. Yeah. Right, but yeah, I know you're a big fan of... Yoke the Joker, of, man. That's got, that, that's got one of the... Like, when Eminem was talking about uh, underrated MCs, he oh, yeah. talked about uh, Tretch in that. Yeah, man. Fucking Tretch, man. What an underrated MC. Fair I mean, play. Uh, you know, anyway. Fair play. And the last one I've got on here is Hole, Pretty on the Inside. Okay. So it came out in this just summer of 91. Never cared about Hole apart from the big singles. Big, oh, exactly. And I'm pretty sure I had Beautiful Sun. Mm-hmm. I had a nice green 12-inch of that because I'd seen them on The Word, maybe. Right. But that was the only thing... Oh, no, it was Violet off this album as well. I can't remember. Might have been. I had Violet 7-inch. But, yeah, that that was kind of... I didn't have the album ever. Because mm. I wasn't enough into them that I thought I needed to investigate anymore. Sure. But, yeah, it was out. And it was. it's a big kind of signpost as to what's happening. Yeah. But there you go. All right, well, there's your, your albums anyway. Yeah, fucking interesting times, though, man. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a little good period. That's you know, a, a big summer of albums, that is. 
Yeah, for sure, man. Certainly more interesting than what we're doing at the minute. Wow. So we're yeah. back into Dire Straits. Track number five is called The Bug. The Bug. Killer, sleep with the big gun. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of whenever I saw the title as well. See, I'd say this was a jaunty one. Oh, yeah, this is a lot more up-tempo. Yeah. This has got a square dancing feel, isn't it? Yes, I have said... I can imagine this being done by the Mavericks or Billy Ray Cyrus. Matt, can you remember that fucking line dancing craze in the mid-90s? Oh, it was, er- it was early to mid-90s. It started with Achy Breaky Heart, didn't but, it? Yeah, but it carried on, mate. It fucking, but like, yeah, it went through. I mean, I remember it like around 95, 96. Well, it was, like they say, the Mavericks were and still... The steps. Oh, yeah. Five, six, seven, eight. Scootin', baby. Yeah, Boot yeah. scooting. Has there ever been... A fucking more annoying phrase. <laughs> if anyone ever told you they were going boot scooting, you'd punch them in the face with a fucking mug in your hand. And if you? someone said, "Oh, what, what's your uh, what's your new girlfriend like?" Went, oh, she's kind of boot scooting. Oh well, mate, get rid. Yeah, yeah. What are you thinking? Me and her, we like to go boot scooting. You, you, you do what, mate? Pardon. You do what? You, you, if you'd have told me you'd go badger baiting, I'd have more respect <laughs> for you. <laughs> you fucking, what is it? No. I, I tell you what, right? As well, I, I'll forgive Americans. Okay. Right? And that's you know because they don't know any better. Yeah, because it's it's you know like, you know it's in the same way that I forgive Morris dancers. Do you know what I mean? I see. All right. It's sure. got some cultural background. You're a fucking. You, you, you've got to have. You've got to find some kind you've of group of people, it. right? Uh-huh. English people. And I look. I'm an English person that loves American culture. Yeah. Right. I love American stuff. I'm t- people take the piss out of me for it. Right. Most of the stuff I like comes from America. Right. Mm-hmm. But fucking English people. Doing fucking square dancing, right. line dancing, that is a bridge too far. Too much. Putting on fucking cowboy boots. Yeah, well, that's the thing as well. Boot it was full ties. on the cowboy boots and those little string Yeah, tie bootlace things. ties, man. Bootlace ties. Fucking Stetsons. Yeah. Like basically, yeah, dressing up in plaid shirts, tucking them in to your fucking Wrangler jeans that yeah. are too tight for your fucking 45-year-old fat ass, uh-huh. right? Fuck off. It's cultural appropriation. It man. is cultural appropriation, man. Yeah. You're not Howard Keel. Wasn't he Jaws from the the? No, there was. He, That's there Richard was, Keel. Yeah, Richard Keel. Now Howard Keel was a, a, a cowboy type character that had a was a character in Dallas and also had oh, a he? music career. Yeah. Oh, I see. I, I'm totally unaware of him. Well, there you go, mate. That's because you're not deeply in a boot scooter. <laughs> yeah. uh, still, I'm probably coming into that sort of time in my life where I should get into boot scooting. Yeah, you could do. Nice way. I meet women. Yeah. Mm. Great. Couldn't you imagine the women you'd meet? Yes, I can. Yeah. Yeah, because I've seen videos for the Mavericks. Yeah, exactly. The Mavericks. I'll go fuck yourself. Anyway, right, so this song... um, This was the fourth and final UK single as well. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a bigger riff in this song than in any of the ones. Uh Don't mind it at all. Okay. Uh, At least this one is a bit more fun. Yes, it is. It's, It's more upbeat. There's more going on. This reminds me of a, a bit of a less catchy walk of life. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I thought that as well. Um, this one's got a, another one with a one minute long outro, but sure. that is that's ameliorated by the fact that this song is only four minutes and seventeen. Fine. Okay. So this this one has got some self editing yeah. in it. It's got some tempo. I mean, I'm prepared to forgive the fucking imagery of boot oh, scooting, right? Um, but yeah, th- this is probably the. Probably the one I would say is most like a single that we've heard so far. I would agree with that. I would absolutely agree with that, and I can see why they put it out as a single. Yeah, um, because this, like I said, to me, it's reminiscent of Walk of Life or sure. Twisting by the Pool or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those silly, catchy 
songs that they yeah. put on the mid 80s that's more like those than anything we've heard so yeah, far absolutely uh, i still don't like this song and i particularly don't like the lyrics I don't even know if I fucking read the lyrics. Oh, it's, oh and there's a bug. Oh, sometimes, some, sometimes you're a bug on, and sometimes you're the, the windshield. windshield. Yeah. Sometimes you're the anus. Sometimes you're the toilet paper. <laughs> exactly. Kind of, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. Sometimes things are going well. Sometimes they're not. But it's just a massive list of yeah. A or B. Yeah. A or B is that, and it goes on for four minutes. You've seen that. You've seen that movie, The Mystery Men. Yeah. Where there's the the character who's the Sphinx. Yeah. And it's like you can't get better without getting worse. <laughs> it's just everything he says is <laughs> to first go up the hill, you must come down the hill. Right. It's <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this is this is all very nonsense. Um I get why they've released it as a single, but really no interest at all again. Yeah, in the words of jazz club shite yeah, yeah. But, no, but less shite than some of the others yes agreed there agreed it's, I would if you'd said to me here's five songs the first five songs which one's the best that's the best of a bad bunch lovely stuff alright so number six is called You and Your Friend so it starts off Blaze of Glory yes and this was the single that was only released in France and Germany yeah Starts uh, Blaze of Glory, goes Procol Harum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is... This is, like, you know, definition of white man stadium blues. Yeah, totally. Definition of white man stadium blues. This is... Uh, spotlight, spotlight goes on the guitarist. Let's take this guitar for a walk. Sure. Uh, and I'm atmospheric. Gonna, yeah. I mean, lyrically, this is about a threesome. I wondered that. Yeah. I've got the. Is this about a three-way? I mean, it seems it's, like it. It's like it could be. Are you going to bring your mate along, or are you going to disappoint me? Sure. But the, and the, I think the last verse it says, "I relive the situation, still see it in my mind." You got my imagination working overtime. So this is about, about having a wank about, uh, about bringing a mate. Bringing over. your mate in, yeah, you and your friend. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe if it is, or maybe way. it's about two sad cats. They <laughs> 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 used to be friends, and now they're both fucking Mark Knopfler. <laughs> There's a Disney film I would watch. <laughs> We're in dire straits, and now dire straits are in us. <laughs> oh, this Aristocats remake is really weird. <laughs> the Aristocrats. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, look, look. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, that Mark Knopfler is known for his laconic delivery. Very much. Right. But he's less laconic on this, and more narcoleptic. Yeah. He sounds asleep. Oh, I, I think a lot of these, he just sounds bored. Like oh, he, he, he can't even be bothered. This, you know, th- that's the thing. Like, we talked about, for a record that was only made through their own choice, there seems to be a lot of not giving a fuck about making this record. Yeah. I do wonder if there's an element, because kind of in the meantime between uh, Brothers in Arms and this, mm-hmm. in that six-year period, he had done a couple of soundtrack albums, yeah. which... I'm assuming we're mostly instrumental. Well, he made he made the soundtrack to Princess Bride, which is wonderful. That's one of them. Yes, absolutely. But I wonder if he was like, I, that's probably what I would prefer to be doing. I wouldn't rather than having to write lyrics and sing. Yeah. And be the front man. If I could just you know 
doing instrumental songs. So maybe it's like, oh, well, I've got to write something because the record company need me to. Well, this, I mean, this record feels a lot like, I mean, I, I say this without the benefit of really knowing the back catalogue that well. Sure. But it, it feels like a solo album rather than an album. Uh, that's very true. I hadn't thought of that, but I would totally agree. That, yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting, Martin you know, Offler, I mean, this is, the, this is the last studio album that Dire Straits would make, and then he embarked upon his solo career. Um, and, you know, I guess yeah. in much the same way as Robert Plant seems much happier not being in Led Zeppelin. True. And there's no interest in going back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, much to my fucking dismay. Oh, well. But fuck it. You know, Robert Plant doesn't owe me anything. No. No, well, there was that blowjob that he promised to well, give you. Well, that is true, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, there's still time. I, 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 looking back on it, I'm not sure that was Robert Plant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it Anne Wilson? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> might have just been a house plant. <laughs> I, can't, I was fucked, very high. Anyway, um, yeah, nothing much to say about this. It's it's, no. it's dull as shit. It's dull. Uh, weirdly, I don't mind it because not it's not as offensive to me as some of the earlier ones. Because I didn't like this the sound of tracks like one and three. I don't mind this as much sound-wise, but I find it very dull. Oh, I see. I, I this uh, the three-minute outro on this one. Another six minutes on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's so so long. I mean, the things mm. that you could do. I mean, your eggs would be ruined. That is on true. This one. This yeah, is. True. You know, what I mean, you only you only put this one on if you fucking light your eggs black. Yeah, I'd have to use this for one of the Tesco. Uh, like spaghetti and meatball microwave meals. Right, okay. You know, they're, they're longer, so I'd need a song like this. I, have, I would have no idea, my friend. No, you certainly would not. Are they Are they from the value selection? No, they're the mid-price ones. They're not the up, like... I can't believe, you, I can't believe you wouldn't things. even buy the finest. Why wouldn't you buy the finest ones? Because they're not in the three for six pound deal. Three for six pounds? Yep. If your meal costs two pounds, Krista... Uh-huh. Then I'm not, making money. No, you're losing life. <laughs> Even Waffles has walked away from me yeah, after I've admitted that. Mate, he eats tinned dog food. He does. Do you know what? His dinner, I think, costs more than yours. <laughs> I've got more respect for my dog than you have for yourself. That's fair. Yeah. All right, so track number seven. Yeah, let's move on. So this one is called... He- this is Heavy Fuel. Oh, yeah. And this was the second single. Yeah. Well, see, this one straight away sounds more like you're in that kind of big electric blues sound from Money for Nothing. Yeah, from oh, this, is, this reminds me of Money for Nothing. Yeah. That, that guitar sound. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can I can see why the record company would go, oh, right, well, this is, has to be the second single. After calling Elvis and it, not doing anything, let's go back with the, the old style. Yeah. Uh, and this one, it starts, it's, lyrically, it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Sure. Yes. Yeah, no cliche left unturned. Yeah, but I get the feeling it's it, it's similar to Money for Nothing, where it's like the point of view from someone looking in from yeah. outside. And I was with this song on that, and with that kind of slightly kind of a glint in the eye kind of knowing bit, right? Yeah. And then it, it gets to a particular verse. Right. And you're, I'm sure you know which one I mean. Oh, yeah. Where... I, it, it, it transcends self-parody to the point of unlistenability. Uh, are you talking about the line where he goes, I love the babes, don't get me wrong, hey, that's why I wrote this song? Yes, I do. I right. wrote, I've got that written down, I love the babes, and I've got it written next to that, yeah. fuck me. Right. right? <laughs> I think No, I think that this is similar to the, the Money for Nothing, where he's going, oh, uh, you see it as uh, Money for Nothing and your chicks were free. And this is someone going, oh, yeah, this is why you do rock and roll. And he's going, yes, yeah, that's why I do it. 
it, I love the babes. That's why I wrote this song. I don't think he's serious in this at all. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I have, I, I have issues about the tone of the execution. Yeah. Of where he's at with it. I see. Right. I, I do. But do you think he's honestly serious talking about the amount of drugs? No, no, I don't think. I don't think he's honestly serious. But I, what I think he's got, I think he's miss. I think if he's trying to write something that is that has got like a kind of a satirical self, self-aware, kind of self, yeah, self-aware kind of third, fourth wall breaking tone. I think he's just misjudged it. Oh, I see. Okay. I think it's like you know when someone has someone tries to tell you a joke that isn't funny. Okay. Which is one of the wor- one of the worst things in the world is there's always if you've ever worked in any office situation, oh, sure, yeah. there is always someone that thinks they're funny that isn't. To be honest, that's usually me. Yes, yeah, normally me. Yeah, and I hate when someone treads on my fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. brand. <laughs> I, I I don't think so. I think it is from the point of view of an an outsider looking at what he thinks the rock and roll lifestyle is. Okay, I think it's and Mark Knopfler sort of channeling that mm. because it, I don't believe that they were doing that amount of drugs and drink every single night I don't know I don't know. I, I don't know. it's the 80s man people were oh, fucking sure. blowing coke, each other, coke yeah. up each other's asses know, for also, breakfast it's also dire straits I just can't imagine it I, but you know I mean you know like the famously the biggest you know kind of imbibers of cocaine at the band-aid recording was status quo yes you know, I, I think yeah. you know that there is there is an old guard kind of sex, drugs, and rock and roll thing that went through where it was almost de rigueur. You know, it was part yeah. of the job. It was the excess was part of the job that ran through the eighties. Right. Well, I, I'm not. Yeah, I suspect there were excesses. I suspect they did have that. I just don't think that this was their life. Anyway, so look, I mean, this is one of the more bearable songs apart from that bit. Okay. And and, and that bit, I could, it's just like, ah, oh, it makes me fucking hurt inside. It yeah. cring, makes me cringe so hard that I can't enjoy it. I say, I don't, I, because I'm coming at a different viewpoint, I don't mind it. And I think that this is one of the more listenable songs so far because it harks back to Money for Nothing. Sure. Um, in terms of who's on this, this has a throwback to some of our previous podcasts as well. The drummer... Uh, it's not Jeff Porcaro anymore. This one is Manu Katche, who Fucking we've hell. seen on Phil Collins and Sting and the Christians. Yeah. As also the thing I always order from Wagamama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Go the Manu Katche, please. Yeah, with chicken. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's your your drummer on there. Well, we've come across him on a couple of records, haven't we? Oh no, no, yeah. we've, done, we've had uh, Phil well, Collins, Sting, and the Christians. There you go. Yeah. And who, who's the bass player? Who's our friend, the bass player? Oh. Uh, Pino Palladino. Pino Palladino. Yeah, he hasn't shown up uh, on here yet. No, I haven't noticed that he's on this one. I, mean, if, I bet you. I bet you he was on a fucking sofa for some of the sessions. He's probably you know busy doing the second Christians album at this maybe. point. Maybe, or maybe he's got a rivalry with uh, someone in the band. Oh, <laughs> imagine having a rivalry with one of Dire Straits. Uh, fucking one hell. of those low-level beefs you could possibly have. Danny Dire Straits. <laughs> right. Let's do track number eight, yeah. which is called Iron Hand which is presumably the hand he uses to do his ironing. It's a very different sound mm-hmm. so far. Kind of almost a... It's like a folk song. Yeah, it's like kind of a rebel... Fo- it's kind yeah. of almost in Billy Bragg territory, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you'd hear this right at campfire. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, right, I am bored by this album at this point. Okay, yeah, badly. Sure, right? Yeah, uh, the, the last song is not... Uh, 
But you know, this song, you know, the criticism I've thrown at this album is a lot of it is like it seems like it'd be an album without much of a point, right? Right. But he's got a point on this song. Yes, well, it's about a very specific thing. Basically, it's about him seeing uh, the assaults on the miners by the police, wasn't it? It is. It's an event called the Battle of Orgreave, as it became known. Basically, uh, mounted police assaulted... Uh, peacefully stroking miners. Stroking miners? <laughs> you, were, you were stroking miners. <laughs> oh, fucking paging Dr. Freud. <laughs> and we're doing that Michael Jackson album? <laughs> um, no, so it, it, like, just basically assaulted uh, striking miners, peacefully yes. striking miners with batons. Yeah, and, just rode into them apparently. Yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, you know, various accounts saying one of the worst signs of police brutality they'd seen at that yeah. point and it changed the course of people's thinking about the strike mm-hmm. and it was a big deal yeah it was a big deal and so yeah there, there's lines in this song such as uh, the blue line they got the given sign the belts and boots marched forward in time the wood and the leather the club and shield swept like a wave across the battlefield yeah so it's, it's very evocative of sure. that sort of image yeah it's, I mean it's not a type of song I would expect from Dire Straits no no I've heard nothing like this from them before to be no. honest this is, this is kind of thing that I say that nowadays someone like Frank Turner would do yeah I actually do enjoy this song I must admit, this was the first one that I was like, actually, this one's good. Ah, oh, see, I don't like this one. Oh, do you not? No, I do. I, I've, I like I've put it here, I've put, it's got a point, it's short, still don't like it. Oh, really? Yeah. Still, no, even, even though it was a different direction. Yeah. It's very gentle, it's not trying to do anything, you know, overblown. No, I see, I'm, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a big fan of the earnest, uh, uh, right. the earnest kind of uh, slightly agit protest song anyway. Right, okay. Uh, folky. At, I mean, you know, if I hear a good one, I mean, you know, the weird, the weird thing is, I, you know, I mean, I think hip hop is folk music in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> the whitest thing anyone's ever said. It's fucking is, man. It's folk music. It's the music for the people. Go fuck yourself. What I'm trying to say is, I'm not totally against it okay, as a sure. form, but this, like, musically, it's, it doesn't. I no, mean, it I'm doesn't. not. You know, I'm not a Frank Turner fan. No. Uh, I'm not. You know, I'm not a Billy Bragg fan. Um, no, because this isn't hitting any of those points for you. No, exactly that. Fine. It's not. No, it doesn't do it for me. Okay. No, fair enough. I like it. I think it's simple but effective, and I think his. I think lyrics in it. I think work well. Mm-hmm. So far, this is my favorite. Okay. Fair enough. So fair enough. far. Uh, but okay, so we're now. Eight songs through. Oh, yeah, eight songs through. Eight songs through the 12. So let's go and do the singles. Yeah, let's indeed. Okay, so the top 10 singles this week in the September 15th to 21st. We've got a good lot of new stuff in the top 10, and we've also got a load of other ones released in the time period. Right. So we've got some good shit here. Number 10, and you'll know this one. Nice. Utah Saints. Utah Saints. Utah Saints. What can yeah, you yeah, do yeah, for yeah, me? Utah Saints. The best. Have you got the best? Yeah, it's number 10. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. Oh, I, yeah, I had the right. seven inch of that. Enjoyed dancing around to it. Yeah. Good, good fun. Number nine. It's a sort of one where I looked at it and I went, I'm sure I remember that. And I played it and went, oh, I do remember that. But I would never have got, you know, right. who it was by or anything okay. like that. In the oh yeah. Peace okay, so you remember this, yeah? Peace in the soul. Peace in the valley. Fucking 
fucking Joyce Williams or something like that. No, it's, no, but it is just a woman's name. Sabrina Johnson. Sabrina Johnson, yeah. there you go. Cool. Yeah, but I, I would never, ever have guessed it. Uh, that's a good, fun song. Yeah, yeah, it's a good Catchy song. as fuck. Yeah, yeah, Catchy yeah. as fuck. Number eight, and I mean, we said this before, we're not going to talk too much about this one because we're going to be doing it another time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Loving it. <laughs> yeah. Guns N' Roses Don't Give Cry. One of two versions of this song on the Cross the Double albums. What, they had one on each? Yep, two totally different lyrical songs, same music. Lazy. Or experimental. Oh, because they were a very experimental I band. I can't yeah. wait for the conversation. It's yeah. next week. Have you, is it really? Yeah. Have you ever listened to these albums? No. Oh, God, Absolutely fuck, not. I'm so glad you got to listen to these albums. Yeah. We we'll have to talk about how we just, how we're recording these. So we're going to do it all in one go. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not coming back to talk about it again. Right, uh, that's it's going to be a long fucking conversation I know. for two podcasts. I know. One of them might be a bonus one that people don't have to listen to. People want to hear it. You think? Yeah. Mm. Well, that's Guns and Roses. And that's another time. Number seven. Oh, I've forgotten how good a song this is. Right, this is a great one. When this first starts, you'll be like, oh yeah. Do you the voice at all? Her heart sounds like Andy Bell. Yeah. Is it Eurasia? Is it Eurasia? Absolutely. Which track is it? It's Love to Hate You. Oh, I, don't think I, I don't remember the song. No? No. All right, okay, I'll, I'll leave it playing because when it gets to the chorus of Love to Hate You, like, oh, yeah, I remember this. But I think, I think it's a great little, you know, like that menacing, oh, yeah, minor yeah. key. With any satisfaction guaranteed. I love to hate you. Yep. I love to hate you. I love to hate you. Oh, sorry, waffles. Scared the dog. Fucking upset with that, didn't he? And I don't blame no, him. No, no, you're right, mate. Can that's... you imagine if you had ears that size and sensitive hearing? Yeah, and you had yeah, to hear yeah. us. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, that's a good tune, though. Yeah, I don't. I, I, yeah, I remember the chorus now. That's a quality, quality yeah. erasure song, that is. Uh, number six is the Prodigy's Charlie, which we did before. Yeah. Number five is a re-release. I think this was like the, the year before. This was a re-release, and I think this is when it got properly picked up. Okay. Yeah. Sunshine and a Rainy Day. Exactly. Sunshine and a Rainy Day by Zoe. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that as well. Yeah, yeah. That was a really, really catchy fucking song. I suspect the only thing... Because I know she had other singles out. Yeah. And I think I even bought one of them. Couldn't care less. Right. Nothing. Just bland rubbish. But, yeah, you got one song, you're happy. So your overview generally is Zoe Balls. Hey! (laughs) Lovely. Bang, bang, bang. Uh, Number four, and this was a big one. Big, big pop rave song. 
One of those ones that just kept coming back every couple of years with a remix as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Hands in the air. Blow those whistles. Yeah. Who is this boy? Insanity by Oceanic. Oceanic. Yeah. Yeah. That was fucking massive. That hung around forever as well. Yeah. Yeah. Number three. Spinderella cut it up. Number one time. Let's talk about sex. Yeah. And they salt and pepper. Did you like that song? Yeah, I loved it. Did you? I thought it was crap. I loved it. I still, it still crap. love it. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I don't get that one at all. Nah, it's fucking wicked, that tune is, man. Right. No, it's just well, let's talk about sex is a great tune I, I love all that era of salt and pepper songs I, I thought yeah. they'd banger after banger yeah I do remember that it, there was a little bit of controversy around it coming out as well because it was so overtly well let's talk about sex yeah you know and selling that to the pop charts there was a bit of hoo-ha about it hoo-ha hoo-ha <laughs> uh, right, hoo-ha, that's, hoo-ha. <laughs> that's number three uh, number two is right said Fred's I'm too sexy Ugh, uh, right. number, number one is obviously still Brian Adams yeah with of course it is. I do but there's a load of other good singles come out in this one. What point. we got, what we got. Right. Hit I mean, me up. This one. Career. And I'm going to say this is his best single. Okay. Oh, this is a fucking great single. Fucking brilliant. I mean, it's uh, it's one of my favourites. It it's so fucking sweet. incredible. Uh, this video made me feel very uncomfortable <laughs> in my trousers. <laughs> Get off my print, anyone yeah. doesn't know. Oh, yeah, no, but that is a fantastic oh, song. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Just, so, 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 so good. What album was that on then? Diamonds and Pearls. I think we're going to be doing that in 92, maybe. Mm, this doesn't, I don't think it gets number one. Does it not? No, I think What's it's What's got, got cream on it? Uh, Diamonds and Pearls. I think that's coming up. I think it comes number two. Oh, is it? I think so. I think yeah, we should. Right. I think we should maybe talk about it anyway because it's mm. my favorite, one of my favorite Prince albums. Oh, is it first Prince album I ever really got into? Uh, so that came out and it peaked at number four in the charts yep. as a single. Peaking at number nine. Ringing any bells on this one? Not yet. Know the song? Absolutely, absolutely. Not Martika. Yeah. Is it Martika? It's Martika. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, her album Martika's Kitchen came out yeah. in this time period as well, okay. and this was the single that came out. Yeah, and that was quite a big single as well. I remember. Yeah, that. I remember. It's one of those things. It's fucking 20, 20 plus years ago. Oh, sure. It's nearly thirty. Nearly thirty. Fuck me. Yeah. Um, and that Jesus. wasn't even the biggest single off that album. Toy Soldiers was off that. that yeah, was Toy Soldiers. That was, no, t- uh, Toy Soldiers isn't on Martika's Kitchen, isn't it? I think so. It was a hang on because she had two records, didn't she? The, the, I only know Martika's Kitchen. Mm, I'm pretty. No, I'm pretty. Sure, I'm did. pretty sure Toy Soldiers on the first Martika record, and then Martika's is Kitchen the is the second one. one. Is I, it? No, I think so. Yeah. Oh, maybe so. So you got yeah Martika not Martika, uh, nineteen eighty eight, which has got uh, Toy Soldiers and oh. I feel the Earth move on yeah. it. Yeah. Right, and then Martika's Kitchen ninety one. Yeah. See, your boy Fenton knows his Martika. Yeah, apparently so. Love Thy Will Be Done. Yeah, that's a good song. Okay, the other one, uh, picking at number 14. 
And this is god awful, but. Yeah. Oh, is it Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Waffles is having a little bit of a complaint. You don't like the Funky Bunch, Waffles? A little baby. Yeah, fucking good vibrations. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I hope every time that, you know, his family, if he's got an argument with anyone in his family about, and he's taking the moral high ground, they just play this at him. No, no, what they do is they point out the time that he uh, that he uh, nearly beat an Asian man to death in a oh, racially motivated attack. There is that too, you suppose. Okay, yeah. of, the, of the two, you yeah. know, this is also a crime, this song. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean one of them's got more of a fun vibe to it, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, one of them's for like a, a bit of light jibe and the other one's for the divorce. You know? Yeah, true, true. Uh, so we've got the number 14, that one's, that was big. Uh, the, this was also released... And this was the first time I'd ever heard this song. Hard to handle. The Black Crow's version. I love version. this version. Of this Me song. too. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, this one I put in because I remember really liking this. And this is this is you know people going to be losing more respect for me as time goes on. This is another notch in that uh, ladder. Okay. I really enjoyed this single. Is this Desiree? It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is a single? Feel so high. Uh, see, I've see, I've got a, a soft spot for a, for a Desiree song. I mean, well, we talked about this before, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I really like this. I think this is just a very nice, pleasant little gentle song. I don't dislike this either. Oh, it's fucking bad. The thing is, if she hadn't done that god awful life song, yeah. maybe she would have got away with no one taking the piss out of her and thinking she was the worst person in the world. If she'd just done some of these. But like, do you always think of the same thing as I do when you hear the words Desiree? Which is just uh, like Brent from The Office. Oh shit. Desiree. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yes. <laughs> oh, wicked. Uh, that only got to 51. That was one of like. That's when she was, you know, her early days. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, the, uh, cool. the, the more credible early stuff. It's, exactly, yeah, yeah. Mate, exactly. You're fucking hipster. Yeah, I know. Uh, right, here's a weird one. It's got to number 45 in this time period in 1991. Yeah. Right, as a single. Mm-hmm. But this is not a 1991 song. This is had like a whole bunch yeah. of snails. Yeah, so I'm guessing this was just way after the album release. This album was released in 91. No. Yes. This album's released in 1991. Okay, 89? Yeah. The fuck? This isn't released in 89 in this country. But it was 89. Well, that's that's interesting. I always yeah. thought this album came out later than it did in, in my mind. Obviously, I, didn't, you know, when I got into this album, uh, I was part of a youth theatre group. Oh, right? yes, we've was, uh, mentioned this before, definitely. Yeah, right. And uh, there was a, one of the guys who was in the youth theatre group was at university. Was a slight, there was a couple of slightly older guys in right. it, right? And he was kind of, and he did this experimental kind of dance performance to one of the tracks off Broken or Fixed. Oh, right, yeah. And he was, yeah, he was a bit, bit I mean, he was a really fucking arch kind of mm-hmm. aloof cock, right? Cooler than you kind right, of thing. Right, yeah. Of course he was. But... He's in a fucking drama thing. Yeah, yeah. Nails. But, you know, you're kind of, you're like a little bit impressed by people like that when you're younger, aren't you? Right. I mean, I, now I just go, oh, you were probably yeah. a dick. Yeah. But I remember, I, so I did pursue, and I saw Nine Inch Nails were, were supporting Guns N' Roses, so I, I had this album. Oh, of course. I had this album okay. earlier in my cycle than, like, I know I already had this album when I went to Sixth Form College, for example. Okay. Whereas it's like an album that I'd found on my own. Right. So that would have been 91. No, 92. 
You went six point five. Yeah, and well, I probably had it. Yeah, I probably had it in back end of ninety one, ninety two. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, that, that's when this single was charting, yeah. I suppose. How bizarre! I wonder why it charted then. I, I couldn't tell you. For it, it was. It probably picked up some radio play or something. And I, I doubt it's even radio. I reckon. Were, were they supporting Guns N' Roses at 91. this time? Uh, they would have supported Guns N' Roses in yeah. June of this year at Wembley. Right. I bet you it's that they were getting that, and then they got some press coverage. Yeah. Like probably or a appeal in, session or something Kerrang like that. Maybe that too. And yeah, they're just more of a UK swell. Sure. Oh, I bet you that's that. Yeah, I bet you it was, yeah. Cool. Okay, so yeah, that got to uh, number... What a fucking song 45. Head like, oh yeah. Oh my God, it's yeah. so good. Uh, and this one, right, this, whenever I went, hold on, this can't be right. This this never happened. And I got a little bit excited. I'm looking it up, it's not as good as it should be. Right. But there was a live album that Hart released. Oh, right. Right. And the single they released off of, which only got to number 56, was their version of You're the Voice. Oh, my God. So I was like, what? Heart did You're the Voice? Oh, my Fuck God. Fuck it out. And it's, I mean, it's pretty good. It's just not as amazing as you think it needs to be. This is actually a, a not live version of it. Right. But I still get a little bit goosebumpy just, just with that intro. Oh, that's good. Transposed from the original bagpipe. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite overwrought enough, is it? Well, he's so bombastic when yeah. he does his version. And this is, you know, she's got a fucking wicked yeah. voice, but. It's, it's like she can almost do it too easily. But yeah, John Farnham just has a huge set of pipes. Bag pipes. Well, quite. Come on. Where? <laughs> Where will love go? Okay. That, so it's, it's good, but it still doesn't beat the original for me. Oh, no, nothing will. Nah. But I'm very pleased that they did a version of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm very pleased that it got into the charts. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and the only other one I've got, uh, picking at number 51 at some point, was this. There's only one <sighs> Which you've heard this in many an indie club in your time. Yeah, that's Levelers one know, way. Yeah. And they, that, was, that was everywhere for a good while in, in indie clubs. Yeah. A, an anthem for the dance floors. Yes, it was. Yeah. I um, don't mind it. I, I took against it for a long time because I thought... Levelers, what a bunch of dickheads! I think that's actually a pretty good song. It's catchy as fuck. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think I can separate myself from it. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I I hate it. Fair play. I All right. Know, I think I still have to hate it. Yeah, Even though I've got people that are mates with the Levelers, uh, I've got friends that are friends with the Levelers, and you're one like step I, removed. Well, I've been at parties where the Levelers have been there. I think. Oh really? Yeah, I'm you know just not engaged. Probably for the best, mate. And I've got, I'm sure, no one's and I'm sure they're lovely fucking people. Oh, well. indeed, and they've done a lot. We know they've done loads for the Brighton music scene. They like open up their studio to people and give a load back. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, back into Dar Straits. We must, yeah. we must do this. We must. Yeah. The last four songs. Okay, track number nine is called "Ticket to Heaven." Right, so now we're into a 1960s rock and roll ballad. Yeah, this is like Everly Brothers or something. For reasons unknown? Totally couldn't tell you. I, I Straight away when I, I played this, I was like, oh, don't do that. It's, it's, you know, 
a Buddy Holly song gone wrong. I mean, my ine- immediate reaction is, I kind of fancy a Cornetto. <laughs> well, that's, I could do that at any point in time. Yeah, yeah. True that, true that. So, like, lyrically, this is about TV preachers, charlatans. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting, we mentioned the album Temple of the Dog. Uh-huh. came out a couple of weeks ago or uh-huh. whatever it was there's a track on uh, that record called Wooden Jesus that deals with pretty much the same theme oh I see that does it so much better than this yeah yeah Wooden Jesus where are you from Korea mm. or Canada or maybe Taiwan I see because I didn't know that was a holy land but I believed it the minute that shit left my hand it's a fucking brilliant song great gotcha. fucking song Chris Cornell belting it out stick it on the playlist for the week as a reference oh I see track. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah. it's fucking great it'll be on the playlist for the uh, yeah we'll put it on the thing um, yeah, along, with, with, along with Girls of Porn by Mr Bungle um, we had uh, Personal Jesus last year it's a Personal better, Jesus. better yeah. version of, exactly. of this sort of type of song exactly yeah no um, this is not a good song this is rubbish man it's you know it's this uh, it's just long it's so long. I mean, this isn't even particular. This is four and a half minutes. Feels long. Oh, it feels long. It feels yeah. long. Long fade out again as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's big strings as we hear on this. This were the strings were conducted and arranged by George Martin. Okay. It's like massive people involved. I mean, fucking. Is, is, I song. mean, he should just get on with finishing those Game of Thrones books. <laughs> Lazy bastard. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've got I've got nothing to say about it. It's, it no. seems it seems out of place on the record. Um, yeah, it, this, this again, this sounds like one he had in the vaults. He was just messing about. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll try one sounds like this, and it ended up on the album. Put it on a fucking soundtrack. soundtrack I know, man. you know, I admire the sentiment and all that sort of stuff. You know about people ripping off the gullible and the should have more there should be more protections in place yeah. for this sort of shit. And so people don't send sure. their money to the uh, mega rich. I, t- I tell you what, this fucking song probably was best known as well, for being a massive bummer during the fucking live show. <laughs> like uh, we're, we're rocking out to fucking money for nothing. Yeah. We've got oh, walk alive and oh, it's this shit. Ticket to hip. Wank. Oh. Yeah. Right. Uh, but oh, but <laughs> let's move on to number 10 then. A track called My Parties. Oh, My Parties. Yes. Yeah. So we've got another five-and-a-half-minute song. And this is fucking strange. What I mean, is happening? I mean, it's cheery. There's a harmonica. Oh, there's, there's, there's clarinets in there. There's yeah. horn stabs. Yeah. But this is really strange. Well, it's my backyard. It's my backyard. When he's talking about his backyard and his back gate, don't, I don't want to know, yeah, Mark. Know. Give it to yourself. Well, this is about a song about a boorish consumerist host isn't it it's about right. the person that invites you around to his house because he wants to show you everything that sure got. yeah, yeah. Uh, look what I've got right? I mean it's the middle just... class one up one upmanship yeah the, the, the little um, canapes and uh, drinks or yeah. base. it's about someone that doesn't really care about the consequences of the environment or all yeah. this kind of stuff I mean, it's just such an inconsequential fucking tune with a weird choice of instrumentation. Dreadful song. Dreadful, 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 dreadful. dreadful. Rubbish, I would say. Yeah, and I don't understand why he's decided to write a song about this topic. Mm -hmm. Why he's done it in this weird kind of almost just talking 
into the mic rather than any sort of singing over a backing track. I, I mean, I would imagine he's written a song because he's been invited to a lot of those kind of parties. Right. I would imagine it's a lot of industry people that no, he hasn't got a lot of respect for from an artistic point of view who he sees as blind consumerists uh-huh. and who are only interested in money and not art. Right, sure. You know, which is, you know, the old cliches. Yeah, exactly. It's the, you know, the depth versus the consumerism. I would imagine it's a fallout of the success of, you know, touring around brothers in mm. arms and being exposed to that on a grand scale. Yeah. I would imagine. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, but it's, but again, whatever, you know, I, I don't disagree with the sentiment. I think it's an interesting enough sentiment. It's just a bad song. Mm. Yeah, no, I can't get away from the fact that there's no tune to this. No. And it's annoying. No. So let's let's uh, move on. Yeah, Number nope. eleven, Planet of New Orleans. Right. Film noir. It is. It is a yeah. detective film. Yeah, it's a exactly. Pan yeah. up on a a man in a, a trilby hat. Yeah. There's an like you can't hear any rain, but you'd imagine it is raining. Yeah. There's a flickering light outside the window. It's a nice little tension build. The synths kind of are in there as well. Uh-huh. It's called Planet of New Orleans. This is, I guess, his kind of ode to the blues. You know, he's obviously a big blues fan. Mm. This is his ode to the music of the Big Easy. Mm. It reminds me a little bit of the the song called Your Latest Trick from one of their earlier albums. Reminds me a bit of that. And also a little bit, uh, what was the film soundtrack he did in about 82? No, a local hero. Local hero. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was. Ah, oh, I don't know. And this one, to me, is almost entirely anonymous. Oh yeah, it's very cliched, mate. The the the, the, the one fundamental problem with this song, and you know exactly what I'm going to say. It's nearly eight minutes long. Yeah. And it's nearly eight minutes of this. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that, what I mean? That's true. If, the, the, you know, the, this is an absolute sign of someone working in soundtracks. Right. But we're not, we're like, we're a minute 30 in there. Yeah. And he's just started singing. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, you know. It, it, it is. It's more of an atmospheric song than here's a song yeah. you want to hear. It's background. I don't. I don't need this on an album. I certainly don't need it. It's the eleventh track of an hour-long oh, album. Like yourself, I was just going. Oh, please let this be done soon. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna level with you completely here. Uh-huh. I didn't listen all the way through this song. Oh, fine. I got about five minutes through and I started skipping like every oh, twenty see seconds. See if there's anything else. Yeah. Going up. Right. That's only understandable. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Apollo, full disclosure. Normally try and listen to these albums as many times as we can. Mm. I made it through this album twice and I did skip this song both those times. I forgive you. That's yeah. not a problem. Right. Last, last track. one. Last track is called... How long? <laughs> I mean, what a fucking question. <laughs> Slide guitars back. Yeah, we've got a down, hun- down home country blues rock feel here. Uh-huh. Great, because, you know, that's what I've been looking for, yeah. more country influence. Yeah, and lyrically... It's about a sex pest. <laughs> I don't even remember. I'm not sure if I looked at the lyrics all the way through. Oh this. no, this this song is incredibly inappropriate. Is it? Yeah, this. Oh song, no, I did look at this. Oh yeah, right, yeah. This, how long? Th- this song's like, how long are you going to resist me? It's like yeah. I've asked you loads of times. You said no every time, but still I'm asking. Yeah, I'm wearing right. you down. It's like it's like, mate. 
Leave her alone. Yeah, no means no. Yeah, it's like, mate, you don't want to be writing this down. This is going to... True. That's, this is evidence. That's coming back to home. Yeah, this you. is evidence, my friend. Yeah, no, I, uh, you're right. I had I had read the lyrics. I'd totally forgotten until you said yeah. it again. Because this is wishy-washy bullshit. Well, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, as a tune, yeah. yeah. It's fucking dangerously funny. All right. Uh, yeah, it's, look, it's it's a bad song. It's mercifully short. Yes, yeah, we're finishing on like a 3.40, 3 minutes 40, something like that. Yeah, and that's really yeah. the best thing you can say about this song. Yes. And it's something you can't say about the album. No. It's an hour-long album. Don't get it. No, this is... Uh, i tell you what you, can, what you can get, is you can get why this was the last album, because... Absolutely. No one seemed interested in being in dire straits in this record. No, and the reaction was very muted, like I yeah. said. People, critics and everyone were like, all right, it's not quite what we thought you were going to be doing. This is yeah. not Brothers and Arms Mark II. Yeah. And I don't think it's got a longevity to, for any reappraisal either. I don't think it's no. people coming back to it 30 years later who are into it, not like us, going, you know what? It's better than it was given credit for. I don't think it is. No. I'm sure I'm sure that if you're an absolute aficionado of that type of playing, mm. there are probably things and moments that you can take out of that where you'll probably be like, oh, that's really nice. Maybe right? so. But the nuance of that is lost on me. Oh, Totally. Right, so just, I'm not that person. Yeah, just to try and give it its trust. But you know what we do here is we review pop albums, yeah. and this is this is not a great this is not a great pop album. It doesn't communicate m- many things on a kind of on a mass level. It's not a lot of fun. There's no fun to it. It's no, all. it's no fun. You know, Literally, it's, it's really no fun. Yeah, it's got some ideas in there. It's not it's not a risible album in the way that some other things that we've listened to are. Right. You know, you can't beat it up really. Other than just saying it's a bit fucking joyless. Sure. And, and also, but you were hoping when you went into it, as we said at the top, you liked that Chris Rea album more than you thought you were yeah, going to do. because I found a sense of life so and a bit of fun some, in it. Some bits of that, yeah. The, the, that's the thing, you know, there was infectious love in it. I mean, admittedly, right. all of it was about cars. Well. But, you know, someone loves something and someone feels driven to do something. I mean, driven being a terrible <laughs> yeah. pun by mistake. But, like, that comes across in the music and it rubs off on you. This doesn't feel like a record. This feels like a record that, you know, it's more of a shrug than anything. It's like, oh, well, uh, yes, I suppose time. I'll make it. Sure. So it doesn't feel like a record that anyone wants to make, you know, and a lot of time and money has gone into it uh-huh. and a lot of money was made off the back of it. But it feels, it's weird because... Apathetic. Well, the, the, the weird thing is, right, it, obviously it's a record that when you read the theory of it, it comes across as a, 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 an act of rebellion, right? Because Because sure. the, the, the thing for this band to do, you know, would be to produce another album of that kind of stuff make yeah. millions of, and that so so that would be the cynical thing to do this is the almost anti-establishment thing to do yeah which would suggest that might be a lot more fun it's like oh because these guys cutting loose but it turns out the thing they really want to do is dribble a load of piss all over their fucking nettles do you know what i mean yeah. it's it's just no look i mean fucking more power to you martin offley you but he, he stood his ground and done exactly what he wanted to do i don't like what he wanted to yeah, do yeah sometimes you shouldn't yeah, <laughs> sell out, you twat. Yeah, exactly. Look, man. Um, well, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, I mean, there's one song that you like on this record. Yes, and I don't like it. No, nope. well, fine. So that's not that's gone. I, that was Iron Hand. Yeah. Um, Second one I would have gone for was Heavy Fuel because it sounded more like Money for Nothing. Than I anything fucking else. hate that as well. I mean, I could, I could right. put that, I could put that on so people can laugh at that line and they can make their own mind up. I'll I'll okay. go with that for the point of. 
But what what would your one be then? What would your? I fucking don't know. Um, probably the bug. Oh really? I no, I fucking hated that. Did you? I thought you said you didn't mind that one. No, well, I I really hated the lyrics. I said I didn't mind it because it reminds me a bit more of Walk of Life. Right. So tune wise, but I, I really hate the lyrics. Okay. I mean, I see. I don't mind that one, and then after that, it's probably when it comes to you. Oh, I see. Okay. But I mean, I'm I'm happy to leave it as. As fucking heavy fuel. Yeah. We don't need don't need more than one. Oh do shit, we? we're not doing more than one. No, God, no. It's just agreeing. So I, I mean, I'll agree to it with the caveat that I don't like it. Um. No, that's that's fine. I don't I don't I don't mind that. I've I've made my case here. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, know, I'm not a fan of I, when it comes to you. Just just if if you ever come up to me on the street and you go, Dave Fensom, you're a fan of the song Heavy, heavy Fuel. fuel. <laughs> I want you to know that I'm not. Whenever people come, up, I'm sure you're their Heavy Fuel tattoo. Yeah. God, we could be friends, no? I mean, no, no. That means we can't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's do that then. That's fine. That's done. Cool. All right. So look, we're going to be back here next week with yeah. what we're going to be doing, Krista. We're going tell to be doing me, tell me, tell me. two fucking Guns N' Roses albums. Yeah, we fucking are. Two Guns N' Roses, Use Religion 1, Use Religion 2, two-part special. Hey, if nothing else, at least we will be more enthusiastic in one way or another than uh, this time. I think we might have a fight. <laughs> I, think, I think there's going to be some definite disagreements. I'm going to wear a headband. <laughs> Yes, mate. You wear a top hat. Oh, done. Right. We'll um, get waffles done up in and something. We'll both skag up. <laughs> yeah, we'll get waffles. To, I mean, I reckon if we cut waffles' body hair off, he'd look a bit like Duff. <laughs> Duffles. Duffles McKagan. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that's next week. Uh, as usual, hope you enjoyed this at, yeah. at some level. Uh, you know, check the album out for yourself. See if you like it. No, I don't. Mm. Yeah, don't. Anyway, uh, as always, you can find uh, any of the songs that we mentioned on this podcast on our playlist that accompanies it. You'll find that if you follow our Spotify channel, which is linked to from our website, which is www.pclpodcast.com. There you can find all of our social media links. Chris will go through this shit in his outro oh, anyway. Indeed, yeah. Um, but yeah, get in contact as always. We love having your feedback in here. Also, I want to give a shout out to Lee Lewis, actually, who sent us the alternative album cover. Oh, for, for shares, love yeah, hurts. That's true, yeah. Oh, terrible. Did not like that. But mind you, whenever I saw it, I remembered it because I'm sure maybe my aunt had it or something like this. I remember seeing that in somebody's house. Right. So I remember that more than the one that we talked about. Fair enough, yeah. mate. Fair enough. Also, Any- uh, shout out to the number one rerun podcast who have they got in contact with us because we were mentioned in an article together uh, sort of a up and coming independent podcast thing and they got in contact to say they loved our podcast name and they were very jealous they hadn't thought of it themselves so nice yeah thanks man big up to those guys yeah, yeah. Uh, go get check out their podcast um, and yeah later thanks guys Bye. thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen it was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast, on Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and Facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCL Music Podcast at gmail.com.